Well, March 13th, 2020 is a day I will never forget. Uh, For those of us who are old enough to remember, I think we will all know where we were, what we were doing on that week when COVID began to shut our world down. For many of us, what we thought would be a blip on the radar, uh, 15 days to flatten the curve, remember that statement, turned into a whole new way of living. Things we weren't used to like social distancing, uh, masks that we're all having to wear. For many people, it was new to wash their hands. (laughs) Which by the way, I still see people leave public restrooms without washing their hands. It boggles my mind. I will continue to be the world's leading proponent for lights and alarms to be placed outside of public bathrooms that when you leave without washing your hands, the alarm goes off. Can I get a witness from the God-fearing people today? If you're watching online, you agree with me, just put the raised hand in the chat box. That would be awesome. It was only a few weeks into the pandemic when I started hearing people say, and I'm sure I said it myself, when will we go back to normal? I can't wait to go back to normal. And when I started hearing that or saying that, I also started asking myself, but what if normal was broken? And friends, I think normal was broken. It was broken. I mean, it's not like we were doing great already in America, at least not on things that really mattered Uh, Our mental health pre-COVID was at an all-time low in our country. While the stock market was hot, we were a financial mess as people. The racial and political divide and tension had, had never been greater. We were living such busy lives that for many people, the thought of being at home with their families was terrifying. And before COVID, spiritually speaking, at best we were anemic. And some of you are thinking, wow, I didn't think I had to go to church to be depressed, but you are succeeding today. Like why all the doom and gloom, right? Well, don't look back is the word I believe God gave us for the year as a church. And one of the reasons I think we should not look back and desire the normal we once knew is because normal was already broken. And friends, I want us to create a new normal that is better than the one we had, amen? I don't wanna go back to the way things were, at least on some specific areas of, of life. Sure, I would love for the pandemic to be gone. I pray for that every single day. But on, on areas of life that really matter, I don't want us to go back. But before we, we start creating our new normal, there are some things that aren't going to change. For instance, at least for now, I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, my name is Jeff Manis, and I'm so glad, so honored that all of you have chosen to be with us today, uh, even those of you who are joining us online. This is one of those things that's not going to change as well. We'll continue offering uh, this method for you. I know that many of you still are unable or uncomfortable to attend in person in this new year. Some of you are watching from, from other communities around uh, the country and you are still a part of our family even though you are online. The problem is we don't know who a lot of you are 
And that's making it really hard for us to minister to you, to serve you, to lead you. Really, it makes it hard for us to make decisions as a whole for our church when we don't know who is connected and who is, is not. So for the next several weeks, I'm going to be asking you for your help, our online family. As your pastor, I'm asking for your help. I need that so we can better serve you as a team and better serve you as a staff here. If you are someone who's regularly worshiping online and you attend in person and in online and you call Element Church your home still, I'm asking you to take a few seconds and fill out a three-question form online. If you're watching on Church Online, the link to that form is in the chat box right now. If you're on demand or on YouTube, it's in the description underneath the video or go to our Facebook page and you can find it there. It's pinned to the very top of the page. Go to Facebook, search Element Church. It's right there. Click on that form, fill it out. You only need to fill it out one time And the three questions are super simple. I think you'll know the answer to all of them. Your name, your email, and how many people regularly watch with you if you're engaging only on online. Uh, Here's here's the problem. I've struggled for the last several months in feeling like I'm a shepherd who doesn't know who's in the flock. It's been hard for me as your pastor uh, around 48, uh, 48%, 44% of our pre-COVID attenders have come back uh, to in-person gatherings, and we don't know who is still connected online. So if you're solely watching online, please take some time to fill out that three-question form, and you're going to be hearing about it in the next several weeks as well, but you only got to do it one time. It'll just help us uh, better serve you. We want to be good pastors and good leaders for you, but we need to know who you are in order to do that, so please fill that out. Well, today... As we start this Broken Normal series, I want to start with what I think is the most important thing we're going to talk about in the series, and it is our devotion as followers of Jesus. Now, I know that not everyone who is here in person or joining us online calls themselves a Christian. You're not following Jesus, and that's a decision that you alone can make. But another normal thing for us that we're just going to keep on doing is we're going to love you and honor you, uh, whether you believe what we do or not, whether you ever follow Jesus, we're going to do that, because uh, that's what Jesus would do. He loves you, whether you love him back, and that's what he asks us to do as well, and so we're going to keep on doing that. Devotion was one of the words used to describe the very first followers of Jesus in our main scripture today, which our main scripture is this, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Uh, All of it will be on the screen, so you can follow along there. If you don't own a Bible, we're going to keep on giving them away. Uh, Just ask for one out at guest services. If you're here in person, we'll give you one or download the awesome free Bible app called YouVersion. Here in Acts chapter 2, it's only a couple of weeks now after Jesus died and rose again. The very first followers of Jesus, almost all of them Jewish, who put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, they were leaving their old normal of the Jewish faith and starting a new normal with their faith in Christ. And the very first part of verse 42 says this, all the believers devoted themselves to, and I want to stop there and focus on that word devoted. In the Greek language that this was written, here's what the word devoted is. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's like pro skater stereo or something. I don't know. It's something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's what it means. It means to attend to constantly, to persist 
persevere in, continue steadfast in, or wait upon. So all the believers, not some or a portion, all the believers attended constantly to, they persisted in, they persevered in, they continued steadfast in what? Well, let's keep reading. It's this, the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, that's communion, and to prayer. They were devoted, steadfast in, constantly attending to those things there. And here was the result as we finish out the rest of this scripture, which is 43 through 47. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. How's that for a description of the church? It's pretty good, right? And, and it wasn't like they were living in the greatest of times either. Like they were having their own version of 2020. Uh, for, 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 for them at this point, because they were Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus fulfilled the Jewish faith, because they were devoted to Jesus and all those things we, we read about, for many of them, their families would abandon them. They would lose their jobs, relationships. For many of them, they would lose their life because the hatred of Jesus and the hatred of those who followed Jesus was only beginning at this point. It would grow worse as you read through the book of Acts. Yet in the midst of all this difficulty, with every reason not to be devoted, they were devoted to all those things we read. And it was more than just a decision for them to follow Jesus. It was a devotion to the ways of Jesus, which leads right to our big idea for today. Devotion is more than a decision it's a discipline, even in the face of difficulty. It's challenging. Devotion is more than a decision. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. No, it's a discipline, even in the face of difficulty. So here's the big question we've got to then ask ourselves, what should we be devoted to? In our difficulty, which by the way, the difficulty is not over yet from 2020, we rang in the new year. I think everybody thought the world was going to get better again. It ain't getting better <laughs> anytime soon, right? Like there's still a long way to go in this thing. It's difficult times we're in. So what should we be, de be devoted to even in our own difficulty? And the very first thing we saw uh, that we just read is, is this. Number one, we should be devoted to Scripture. We should be devoted to Scripture. Remember in our, in our main scripture, it said that all the believers, all of them were devoted to the apostles' teaching. And what was the apostles' teaching? Well, for them, it was the teachings of Jesus given through people like Peter and James and John and others who were chosen by Jesus, the actual apostles, right? But for us, 
What are the apostles' teachings? I mean, those guys aren't here anymore to teach us. Or are they? (laughs) For us, the apostles' teaching is literally the scripture, the Bible, the word of God. If you want to know what the apostles' teaching is, go read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books in the New Testament portion of the Bible, all of them written from eyewitness accounts to the life and ministry of Jesus by his own apostles. Read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John toward the end of the New Testament, written by the apostle, the disciple, John, probably the best friend of Jesus while he walked the earth. Read First and Second Peter, also toward the end of the New Testament, written by the apostle Peter, the one who would preach the very first sermon ever given in the Christian church just before the main scripture that we read. And 3,000 people were saved and baptized in one day. Read Jude and James in the New Testament. Both of them were brothers of Jesus who did not originally believe in Jesus. They only believed in him after they saw him with their own eyes resurrected from the dead. Like you wanna, you wanna be devoted to the apostles' teaching, it's literally the scripture. And here's why this is so important for us and why I'm getting so worked up about this. Here's why this needs to be a part of our new normal. Because as Christians... Before COVID, our devotion to scripture sucked. It did. It sucked. It is a a normal that we need not go back to. You know, before the pandemic began, that normal that we all long for, here's how devoted we were to scripture. Before the pandemic, only 32% of Protestant churchgoers, so that's non-Catholic Christian churchgoers, only 32% read their Bible every day. That means 68% of churchgoers weren't reading their Bible regularly prior to COVID-19, and 12% said they read it rarely, if ever. That's of church-going people. And that was before the pandemic, when everything was supposedly great and we weren't even in the scripture. So church, as we start this new year, for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we've made that decision to put our faith in Jesus and follow him. We need to be devoted to scripture. We need to be devoted to the word of God the apostles' teaching, and listen, not just reading it every day so I check it off my to-do list, but letting the word of God read me. That's what it's designed to do. Hebrews 4 verse 12 in the New Testament uh, says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharper two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Come on. 2 Timothy 3.16, the apostle Paul says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. We need to be devoted to scripture, to the apostles' teaching. 
Like if you wanna know God's will for your life, you need to be devoted to his word. In fact, you will never know God's will apart from being in God's word because God's will is revealed in his word. And you might say, but I don't understand it. And friends, one of the reasons why you may not understand it is because you're not in it. So can you start somewhere? Like start somewhere. If you're not reading anything, could you read the verse of the day? Offered on you version every single day? If you're doing a verse, could you do a chapter? If you're doing a chapter, could you read one of the thousands of plans that are on you version? Could, could you read through the Bible in an entire year? Like start somewhere with the word of God. As Christians, if we're gonna be devoted to following Jesus as we claim to be, then we need more than 32% of us reading his word every day and allowing his word to read us. Devotion is more than a decision. It's a discipline, even in the midst of difficulty. So what should we be devoted to? We should be devoted to scripture, to the word of God, to the apostles' teaching. Second of all is this, we should be devoted to connection. Devoted to connection. Again, uh, if you remember in our main scripture, it said that all the believers, not a portion, not some, not a majority, but all the believers, it says, devoted themselves to fellowship with one another. It says they worshiped together in the temple. And by the way, they did that every day, not just on Sunday for one hour, but every day. It says they met in homes together most likely to talk about the apostles' teaching, to pray for one another, to carry one another's burdens, to share their struggles, to confess their sins, to take communion, which is what we're gonna do at the end of our service today. The problem for us is, even before COVID, there were way too many Christians who simply weren't connected. We were already broken in our devotion to connection. Again, before the pandemic ever hit, Check this out, 63% of churchgoers attended church once or twice a month at most, and 30% attended seldom or never. That's among people who call themselves churchgoers. 63% went once or twice a month, 30% seldom or never. The numbers get worse. In the vast majority of churches, no more than 35% of people engage in a small group which is true in our church, by the way. In fact, we've been below that number on many years, 35%. And we're seeing some startling numbers, startling, come to light in our continuing COVID, post-COVID world, whatever you want to call it. And it's concerning to me, church. It's scary as your pastor. 48% of churchgoers nationwide have completely disconnected from all church engagement since COVID began. 48%. In 2019, 100% of practicing Christians, so not just churchgoers now, but actual professing, practicing Christians, 100% at the time of the survey had gone to church within the last six months of the survey. 
But then six months into the pandemic, 19% of professing, practicing Christians hadn't gone to church at all, online or in person. And here's why all of this is so scary for me. I know I'm throwing out a bunch of stats. I got one more, so this is the last one. Hang with me. This is why it's so scary. In 2019, before the pandemic, 65% of Americans consider themselves Christians. 62% said they consider themselves deeply spiritual. Yet only 16% of these same people reported, I make my moral choices based on what the Bible says. 16 percent could it be could it be that because so few of us are actually devoted to connecting with God through his word and through scripture connecting with his church through gathering in small groups and in our worship services could it be that's having a direct effect on how we live our lives it's a rhetorical question by the way The answer is yes. It's affecting us, church, and we don't even know it. So friends, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, especially in America, that we have made God connecting to his church and connecting with his people a convenient add-on to our life and not the central part of our life. And it's showing And I don't want us to go back. I don't want us to go back. These very first Christians, they were devoted to connection. It was a central part of their life, not a convenient add-on when it didn't get in the way of their weekend plans. Am I hitting too close to home today? And again, it's not like they were devoted to scripture and connecting without difficulty. They had their own families and government coming against them. They had every excuse in the book to go back to the old normal, but they were devoted to a new and better normal. And listen, I know the people who probably need to hear this the most may not hear it because they're not here and they're not watching online. And listen, please hear me. I am not in any way saying that we can never miss church and be a good Christian at the same time. My own family is gonna be on vacation this month. It's kind of ironic. But attending church, connecting, it's more than attending, connecting with God and his people at church once or twice a month or seldom to never should not be the norm for those of us who say Jesus is our Lord. Whether it's connecting online, like many of you have to, or connecting in person, this right here, what we're doing, should be a devotion in our life, a central part of our life. And listen, I'm gonna say this carefully, but I'm saying it with some pastoral authority too. We cannot say that Jesus is our Lord and then neglect the very thing he said, I came to build my church. You can't do it. So, so how about we just all say, me included, I'm gonna be more devoted to connecting with God through worship and through small groups than I ever had before. Would you consider joining a small group? 
Listen, I know, I fully understand. It's not always convenient to be in a small group, but rarely are the most important things in life convenient. We have to embrace the inconvenient in order to do what's most important. That'll preach right there. And some of you just gotta embrace that inconvenience and do it. You will never become, never, I'm fully convinced of this, you will never become who God wants you to be if you refuse to connect with his people. It won't happen. It's one of our core values, better together. We become the most like Christ when we are connected together through Christ. Even Jesus had a small group church. And you're telling me you don't need one? It's tense in the room. I like it. Devotion is more than a decision. It's a discipline, even in the face of difficulty. So what should we be devoted to? To scripture, to connection. And listen, I know that COVID has thrown a wrench into everything we knew of as normal. I understand groups and church and everything. We're all trying to figure out how in the world we do this, but don't let the difficulty keep you from doing what's most important. Figure it out somehow. Figure it out. Number three thing we see is this. We should be devoted to prayer. It'll be devoted to prayer. Once again, in our main scripture, this blows me away. It says that all of the believers, all of them were devoted to prayer. So I would just ask, how's your prayer life? How is it? Is it consistent? I'm gonna press in some more, so buckle up. I believe too many Christians use the pray without ceasing verse in the Bible as their excuse to not pray consistently. I, I pray without ceasing. Awesome, you should. You should always be in an attitude of prayer. We should always be ready to interact with God in prayer. But church, our in the moment prayers should be born out of our intentional prayer life. I'm preaching. And to that, you might say, I don't know how to pray. You're in luck. Because this Tuesday, we have a prayer event called First Tuesday, where you can learn to pray. It happens on the first Tuesday of every month. Super creative name. We did that so you won't forget it. And on the first Tuesday of every month, right here in this room, from 6.30 to 7.30, one hour long, we take one hour to focus on God through worship and prayer. And it's been amazing. We've been doing it since we came back to our in-person gatherings in August. There's maybe 40 or 50 people at most who come. But we're gonna keep on doing it because as your pastor, I'm gonna make sure we are leading the way in at least giving the opportunity to be devoted to prayer. And if you come to that event, you don't have to pray. We don't require anyone to pray. But if you come, you're gonna hear several people pray out loud and you'll hear them that they, they pray differently, which is awesome. There is no right way to pray. It's just your heart connecting to God's. You'll, every time, you're going to see how we take a scripture and then we pray through that scripture every single time. So maybe you should come this Tuesday if you don't know how to pray and start learning at first Tuesday. Or if you know how to pray, you might want to come anyway and just let's as a church be devoted. Just one night a month 
where we're devoted to prayer. My small group that I have, my men's group, on that, our group meets on Tuesday night. We don't have our group on that Tuesday night. We come to First Tuesday, or at least we say we invite everybody to come to First Tuesday. And I would also ask this. It's the last challenging question. I'd ask this about your prayer life, and it's challenging for all of us. If all your prayers came true, how holy would you be? How many other people would be helped? And how many specific people would make it to heaven? If all your prayers came true, how holy would you be? How much more like Jesus would you be if all your prayers came true? How many more other people besides yourself would be helped? And how many specific people would make it to heaven? Devotion is more than a decision, it's a discipline even in the face of difficulty. So what should we be devoted to? To scripture, the apostles teaching, to connection and to prayer. And what was the result of these first Christians being devoted to these things? We, we saw it earlier. A deep sense of awe came over them all. I want that for our church. That, that when we gather in a, in a setting like this, when we gather in small groups, that there would be a deep sense of awe that comes over us in who our God is. It says these Christians shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and gave to those in need. So their devotion to scripture and connection and prayer led to a radically generous life. And then the last thing says it all. We didn't read it earlier. I saved it for right here. It's the last part of Acts 2.47 that says this. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. Every single day people were putting their faith in Jesus through this first church. Do you think that had anything to do with their devotion to scripture? their devotion to connection, and their devotion to prayer. I think it did. I think it did. These early Christians were living out our vision as a church. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest in Christ. Connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. They made such an impact, we're still talking about it today. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? through this message. I want us to pause for a moment and ask that. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Literally, ask him. God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Is it time to be devoted to scripture? To start reading it or increase your time in it or allow it to actually read you and then inform your moral decision-making? Do you need to be more devoted to connection? Some of you need to be in a small group and you know it. You know it. Some of you need to lead one and you know it. Do you need to be more devoted to prayer? Does your prayer life focus more on yourself than it does on God and other people? So Holy Spirit, 
however you need to use this message on my life and on the lives of every person who's heard it, I pray you do that. You know every one of us intimately. You created us, you formed us, you know exactly what we need. So for every one of us, starting with me, Holy Spirit, would you move our hearts into a place of more devotion to you through scripture, through connection, and through prayer. And Lord, I pray that the result of your church, not just Element Church, but your church being devoted, Lord, I pray that you would add people every day who are being saved. Lead us, Lord, in your spirit as only you can. Amen. We're gonna close today with communion. We read how the early church met together in homes. And one of the reasons to do that was for the Lord's Supper, for communion. I don't think communion was ever meant to be a part of a big gathering like this. We've kind of made it that. Um, I think it was actually when the Lord, when Jesus met with his disciples at the Last Supper and said, whenever you eat this bread, do it to remember my body given for you. Whenever you drink this cup, do it to remember my blood poured out for you. I don't think Jesus ever meant for us to do it in a big service. I think he meant every time you sit down at your table to eat, your food represents my body and your drink represents my blood. It was an every meal thing. (laughs) And so the early church would meet together for dinner and they would celebrate the Lord's Supper. In my small group, this last season, we actually brought uh, communion into our small group and we closed every small group with communion because that's what I think the scripture was pointing to. So if you have a small group, you might might wanna do that as well. If you're here today and um, you're wondering, can I take communion, can I not? You don't have to be a member to take communion. We do think you should believe in Jesus, but you can put your faith in him right now, even through this celebration of communion. You can confess your sins to Jesus, ask him to forgive you, profess your faith in him as God, repent of your sin and selfish life and turn to follow him. You can do that in prayer. Just say, Lord, I want you to forgive me. Come in, come in my heart, live in me. Help me follow you. You can do that right now. If you do, we'd love to know about it. Just let us know. Other than that, you don't have to be a member or anything to take communion and you don't have to take it. If you don't want to, as soon as I'm done praying here in a second, you can leave and literally no judgment. I'd rather you not take it if you're not ready to. Um, And that's totally okay, literally totally okay. But if you're gonna take it, uh, here's how we've been doing it. I think you're getting familiar with it, but just if you're gonna take it, stay in your seat for just about a minute, let the room clear out and then send one party to the front. Up here at the front, we have pre-packaged communion cups. There's juice in the bottom. There's a little piece of bread on top. Just take the top part off for the bread and send one person up from each group. If there's four of you, send one person, grab four cups, take it back to your space and then just remain mindful of all the social distancing and the whole new normal that we are living in, even in 2021. Uh, So let me pray for us and then uh, we'll be done. If you need prayer for something, by the way, before I forget, um, just click the button online that says prayer or stop by the purple tent all the way in the back and a prayer team member will pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word and for the truth in it. It's alive and powerful. Lord, I pray that, that in my own life, I would have more devotion to your scripture, to connecting with you and your people 
and to prayer. Lord, thank you for for sending Jesus, God in the flesh, who gave his body for us, represented by this bread, and shed his blood for us, represented by this juice. Lord, as we take it, I pray we would remember that you are coming again. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I'll be doing a message on mental health, specifically on anxiety. And so I'll be praying for that one next Sunday. Love you guys so much. You're dismissed or hang out for communion.